We start the new series this morning, The Art of Wrestling. The Art of Wrestling. Who played that video game? Come on now. Three guys, four. Okay. That game rocked, by the way. When you would pin them, you just had to hit A. It was awesome. <laughs> Anyways, okay. If you didn't do it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But it was the best thing ever, okay? Um, what we're talking about in this series is faith, okay? Um, me and Bishop Duku, uh, we're talking about faith and just how it's one of the most misunderstood things uh, in the church today. And the more I prayed about it, the more I thought about it, uh, it's hard to find a picture find a metaphor, if you would, for what faith is really like. And then the more that I did, this image popped in my mind. <laughs> faith is wrestling. Now, you might not have been taught this before. Um, that's fine. But there are a few analogies that work as well as this one does. Faith is not a place where we think happy thoughts all the time. Okay, um, who's seen Peter Pan before? Okay, so they get the pixie dust, right? Then what do they do? Think happy thoughts. And what happens? They just start to just... <laughs> I would sing the song, but then you would leave, but you know. Yes, you guys know how it goes, okay? And, <laughs> and so what happens in this process is there's an issue. The older that these kids get, the harder it is for them to get to this mindset. It's harder and harder for them to get from where they are to get to Neverland. Because the older they get, the more cynical they get, the more negative they get, the more realists, if you would, they become. And so it becomes this difficulty because they can't just think happy thoughts anymore. When you're a kid, you know, you're absolutely consumed with toys and mud pies and shows and all these different things that, I mean, that is the world to you, right? But the older you get, the more aware you become that things in this world are not always happy, right? Things in this world don't always work out. Things are not always fair. And things in this world tend to actually be the opposite of happy. Have you experienced this yet in life? Three people have experienced life. That's awesome. Okay, the rest of you, yes, you are lucky, okay. Yes, thinking happy thoughts is what you're doing, isn't it? I can fly, I can fly, right? And uh, in some kind of a strange way, uh, this, this same mentality about faith has kind of found its way into the church to where when we think about faith, we begin to think of it it's this mental process for us where faith becomes, if I can just find a way to only let positive thoughts appear, if I can find a way to only look at my bad situations and to think the best things about it, faith becomes a process of learning how to look at what's real around me and find a way to ignore it. Find a way to see the cup is half full all the time. Now, there are some very important truths hidden inside that process. But what kind of happens as a side effect is something um, that's not healthy, is we learn how to be plastic in this process. Yeah. 
we find a couple who is going through just hell, and you sit down with them and say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, we're blessed and highly favored, Pastor. Okay. Well, I heard you outside in the parking lot cussing each other out. Okay, so apparently you weren't blessing each other at all, okay? How are you doing? Uh, things, you know what? Things are fine because God is faithful, amen? Come on now. I'm talking about a lot of us in this room, okay? Um, how are your finances today? Well, you know what? God always comes through for us. Someone told me that they shut off your power at your house. Yes, but we're just, you know, standing. You're standing in the dark. We would like to help you with that. No, 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 it's fine. We find this understanding has, has kind of seeped its way into us to where the way that we begin to follow Jesus, the way that we begin to enter into the kingdom, the way that we begin to live by faith is, again, by thinking happy thoughts. If we can just float above life, if we can just find a way to only think and speak happy, positive, scriptural things, then somehow everything around me is going to change if I do that. We've been convinced that that's faith. What is good when it comes to that kind of a mentality, what's hidden inside of that is that you are finding a way to wrestle with reality. The nugget inside of that, which is gold, is that you're trying to find a way to trust God while also experiencing life, which makes you want to not trust God. That is a good thing. What's not helpful is that when we are not able to only think happy thoughts, when, when the emotions inside of us are not good, when the circumstances, when in our marriage and our finances and with our friendships at work, when things are not going well and we can't seem to just speak it away, think it away, pray it away, we begin to feel as if we're failing. What's not helpful is that when bad things start happening to us, we've been taught that if we would just think happy thoughts and speak happy thoughts, it would go away. And so if the bad stuff hasn't gone away, that means that I have done something wrong. I haven't had enough faith. I haven't trusted God enough. I haven't spoke Scripture enough. I haven't prayed hard enough. I haven't fasted enough. And when I begin to see other people whose lives are, are just happy and perfect, I begin to think, my goodness, if I could just pray and just speak faith and feel faith and just you know, be positive the way those people are, then I would have the life that they have. Right? And so some of us, what happens is that we are able to stay in this place of just kind of wrestling with our thoughts and emotions and just continuing to think positive things. Okay, the car broke down. Okay. But I trust God anyway. Okay, the... The kids have gone absolutely back crazy. But you know what? I, I trust them anyway. My marriage is absolutely falling apart. But, you know, it's all fine. But then there comes a point where something gets too heavy for us to bear. Something happens that we just cannot handle anymore. And it pops our bubble. We find ourselves, we step into a place where happy thoughts and happy words are not enough. And where that understanding, that image of who God is and what he wants for us just doesn't make sense anymore. When you come face to face with pain, with loss, 
with death, you can't ignore it anymore. You can't speak it away, wish it away, think it away. There comes a moment for all of us where we have to face reality, and we have to face something that it challenges the image that we have of God. And what happens for many people when they reach this place, when they lose a loved one, when they lose a child, lose a marriage or a job, when they hit the spot, they just decide that this entire thing is broken and I'm just going to walk away from it because it just doesn't work anymore. Because I can't just wake up and make the situation better. I can't just wake up and speak happy things and think happy things because you know what? My life right now is not happy. And it's not okay. And if I've been told that the only way that God wants to step into my life is if I can ignore the pain in my life. If I've been taught that the only way that God's going to change things in my life is if I can think happy and speak happy, there's going to be a time when I can't. And what do I do when that happens? So while there are some very good things that come from a place of learning to wrestle with your thoughts and your words, that is not the most helpful way for us to understand faith. Faith in real life is a lot less of flying around with your happy thoughts. And it is a lot more like a sweaty, nasty, mean wrestling match. Who's wrestled someone before? Not like professionally or anything, okay? Just like, you know, your brother or like your friend. Wrestling is not like any other form of combat, right? What I dislike about wrestling is the fact that you have to get so close, right? <laughs> Think about karate, right? The idea is spacing. In karate. You're finding a way with jabs, kicks, whatever, to continue to keep this person away from you. All right? Uh, with, say, boxing, same type of thing. It's all about spacing and timing. With wrestling, <laughs> it's all about making connection, and it's all about being so sensitive to this person's body, to their breathing, to their, the, 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 you know, the, the flex and their muscles that you're able to anticipate what they're going to do. When they begin to move this way, you know, you find a way to counter it. You're, you're constantly in just this tug of war back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and it's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. When you actually wrestle someone, I mean, all out wrestle, I mean, it's not a clean thing. Uh, what I did not like about wrestling was that you are allowed to just, uh, I mean, we're in church. You're just moving your hands trying to move the other person. Let's just say that, okay? Like, there's not a lot of really safe rules going on, okay? There you go. It's very uncomfortable. And again, when you begin to wrestle someone, you begin to find your head and your arms and your legs in places you would not put at any other reason. In wrestling, it is just this raw, uncomfortable thing. It, it just is. And you have to get into someone's personal space. I hate to hear someone else breathe in my ear. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. It's very uncomfortable. You know, it's very awkward. But you can't avoid it. 
If you're going to wrestle this person, if you want to win, if you want to pin this guy, you have to do it. Um, what's also very uncomfortable with wrestling is you are alone. It's one-on-one. No one else interferes. It's just you and this person. My goodness. And in this process, you're not able to fully engage your body, your mind, your emotions until you realize that you are absolutely alone in this process. It is just you and this person. There's no one else coming in. It's not WWF where you tag someone else in, right? I mean, it's just... You're on the mat until one of you walks away. This is what faith really is like in real life. And this morning what we're talking about is what it's like to wrestle God. And what we're going to learn this morning is that faith, if you would, the ability to trust God in such a way that you begin to make actions, that you begin to order your thoughts, your emotions, your life around this person, around God, if you would. To live by faith means that you're committing to a life of wrestling. It's a constant struggle of having to find a way to wrestle with God to get to a place where you are fully willing and ready to trust this person. Now, theologically, the story of Jacob, um, Jacob with God, it just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to most people. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Theologically, this passage is very confusing. Why in the world, first of all, why is your first reaction, okay, when you see a random stranger walk around in the dark, okay, as Jacob did, when this random man walks up, why is your first reaction to wrestle said person? I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, there he is. I, mean, I don't know. It takes a very kind of a certain type of person, right? Fight or flight, I guess, kicked in for him, you know, and he was not in the mood to run. Secondly, he realizes at some point that he's wrestling with an angel or with God. You know, he, he finds that he realizes you know, after he's wrestling for hours and hours and hours, which, by the way, I mean, who's wrestled before? When I was in high school, I could probably wrestle for five minutes. Right about now, we're looking a lot less than that. I mean, like, what kind of shape was Jacob in? That was, that was funny. He wrestled all night long. Furthermore, what is it with God where, why is this guy... Why does he get to win when he wrestles God? Because if you read the story, he doesn't win, right? He's wrestling, he's wrestling. God's like, oh man, you are so strong, Jacob. You know what I mean? That's kind of how this goes all night long. Oh, you are just, you're a tough guy. You've been working out, doing push-ups or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, well, the sun's almost up. Here's your hip. Uh, you know, and then Jacob's, oh, oh, oh but you won, Jacob. We're going to call you the overcomer, the one who wrestled with God a man and overcame, even though you're the one walking away with a limp. And what kind of a story is this, right? Theologically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, uh, when I studied this passage, I was shocked how little information 
I was able to find, you know, that there's books and books and, I mean, just tomes and tomes about all the different scriptures and characters in the Bible. And when I went to look this one up, there was nothing. His name was Jacob, and now it's Israel. He wrestled God, he won. It's very confusing. It's very confusing from a theological, kind of a Bible, kind of a thinking that way point. But let me say this. From an experiential point, um, from my experience of what it's like to live a life trying your best to fully trust and follow God, this story makes absolute sense. Because again, in real life, when we begin to, to, to determine ourselves, to trust God, to walk in faith, this is exactly what it looks like. It's exactly what it feels like. It's wrestling. It's questions. It's the unknown. It's, 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 it's having these raw emotions of frustration and anger, confusion. The Old Testament Scriptures are so helpful when it comes to understanding what it means to be human and follow God. Uh, Hebrews 11 in the New Testament, we, we talk about this as, you know, the, the faith chapter in the Bible. And it, it's where the author goes on and he talks about all the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. Noah and Abraham and Jacob even. It talks about all these amazing things that they were able to do all these amazing feats because of faith in God. But what's amazing about the Old Testament is when you go back and read these stories about these people, these humans, Hebrews 11 sounds like, oh, these amazing superheroes of the faith just walked on water, and they just trusted God through everything, and they're always positive, just had faith in everything. But when you go back to the Old Testament, you realize these people were the exact opposite of that. Angry and frustrated, lost, confused, selfish, prideful, sinful, I mean, just in its real life, it's real life in the Old Testament. These stories of, of how these people, if you would, walked by faith, it's a lot less pretty in the Old Testament. Jacob even, Hebrews 11, it talks about how you know, he received a blessing from his father by faith. Who knows the story of Jacob? Okay. He did not receive it by faith in the way that we would think about it. He deceived his blind old man father. His brother was more hairy than he was, okay? So he put some hair from an animal on his arms, and he snuck in when his father was blind, and he pretended to be his brother. And so he got the blessing. But Hebrews 11 says, oh, but he did it by faith. <laughs> Jacob's name means deceiver. Striver, if you would. Manipulator. His very name is the, is the opposite of faith. He did all these things by his own energy, his, his own power, his own strength. Uh, the story here this morning in Genesis, uh, what's happening here with Jacob is he's fled his own family because his brother Esau, as I just told you, he stole his brother's inheritance and the blessing. So his brother is furious with him. He's, he's been looking for Jacob for years, and now he's just found out where he is. And so now uh, he's taken... 400 men, and he's on his way to kill his brother. Now, he's got that coming this way. Now, what he's fleeing is his father-in-law, Laban, who 
his father-in-law thought that he was going to trick Jacob. And so his father-in-law had this whole big deal where basically he had to work seven years to get his bride. And of course, he goes into the tent to sleep with his bride. And of course, his father-in-law puts the wrong sister in there, puts the ugly sister in the tent with him. You would be really happy with that man, wouldn't you? But what his father-in-law Laban didn't know was that this entire time, for 14 years, what he had been doing was he had this plot. And so he had this way to secretively begin to take all the healthy livestock from his, his father-in-law. And so while he was taking care of, you know, the sheep, he's taking all the healthy ones. What that means in today's, uh, if you would, in this life, what it means today is he's embezzling money, okay? His father-in-law uh, has this huge company, and he puts Jacob in charge. And the whole time that, you know, he has the, the company, he's taking all this money and he's sending it to his own account. And so what's happening here is that this amazing, awesome man of faith, Jacob, he is now running from his father-in-law with his arms full of money as his brother is now coming to get him, who he also stole all the money and blessing from him. So now he's stuck between his father-in-law and his brother, who both want to kill him because he's a man of faith. And so, you know, as we all do, he, he understands he's stuck. He's stuck and he has no way out. So what's he do? It says a Hail Mary prayer. And he blames God in the process, by the way. He says, you know, it was your idea. <laughs> You're the one who told me to go back to my homeland, you know. Sounds like a lot of us. And so he's stuck in the middle of the situation. And so it's in this place that he finds God and he wrestles with God. Now, in this context, it's important for us to understand a few things here. What's going on here at this place, it's called penile. And it's called that because it's the place where he says that he was able to meet God face to face. What I love about this is with Jacob, we see that he doesn't have, if you would, this, this actual connection to, you know, to his father's God. But there comes a place in his life where he cannot avoid it, to where his life has brought him to a place, his choices, his surroundings, it's all kind of pushed him to this place where he cannot run anymore. Jacob, the manipulator, he's found himself in a situation he cannot get himself out of. Which, by the way, his solution to this was he decided that if I have to face one of them, I should face my brother. And so he's already sent his livestock and his wives and children ahead of him. Such a terrific man, this guy is. Here, take my women and children. Just leave me alone. Goodness. But he's a man of faith. He's done all this stuff because he's this amazing man of character and faith. But what happens here is this. Penile, this place where this man comes face to face with God, it becomes the place where he wrestles with God. Now, his entire life is about to, to change. The, the way that all of history from that moment forward will look at him is about to change in this one night. And so what happens is this. Penile, if you would, this place of coming face to face, this becomes a place where he wrestles with with God. You guys take a note today. Here's the first thing I want to say. Wrestling with God 
is where our past meets our future. Meaning, part of living by faith, of being a Christian, of doing this, this you know, spiritual life, the first thing that takes place in this place is we have to be fully ready to face our past head on. See, in the church, we often teach ourselves the goal is to find a way to kind of leave our past in the past. It's a way for us to, you know, it's a brand new start, and so now all people need to know about me is, you know, everything's going great for me. But wrestling with God, living in faith starts with allowing ourselves to kind of get your position fixed between what you've been through, who you were, and allow yourself to have this one foot in the past and one foot in the future. And in this place is where we begin to live by faith. And this place is where we start what I call wrestling with God. It's crucial. Also, wrestling with God is where our circumstances cannot be ignored. I don't want to say this in more of a real way. What I love about the term of this place, I love that the place that we wrestle with God, the place that we learn faith, is this place called face-to-face. Penile. It's a place where we come face-to-face with God. One of the first things I like to teach people about being a Christian, if you would, about the faith, is this. Learn to be real. One of the most dangerous things that Christians are taught in the church is how to fake it. We come in on Sunday, we have our nice clothes. Yeah. We, we find a way to say amen and you know, to have our hands up and have the kids on their best behavior because if you act up, I'm going to beat you and get back to the car. <laughs> you better be good for those nursery workers. <laughs> and of course, what happens when you get home, right? Oh, the clothes come off. Oh my goodness, where are my sweats? You know, and like the kids just go nuts. You know, ah, you know, back to real life, right? That's, that's one of the most dangerous things that we learn in church. See, faith starts when we're ready to get face to face. I love and hate wrestling because of this. You cannot avoid it. When you do this, There's no room for being polite or playing games. I mean, it is the most kind of raw thing you can do. You just got to lock up and start going. And you're pushing, you're pulling, and you're grunting, and you're sweating. It's nasty and gross, but it's real. This is what faith looks like. If you want to know how to start walking in faith, you have to be ready to get real and to get face-to-face with God. Now, what happens in this? What happens in this process is that we begin to learn that even though we're wrestling with God, we find ourselves wrestling with ourselves. It's truly us that we're wrestling with in this process. The entire point of of this wrestling match with God was not that he would defeat God or anything like that. God is trying to allow him to see your entire life, Jacob, has been wrestling and striving and pushing and pulling and just trying to make it work. Your entire existence as Jacob. Because remember, 
after an entire night of wrestling, God asks him, what's your name? What he's really saying to Jacob is, okay, we've been doing this for eight or ten hours. Have you learned anything yet? What has your entire life been up to this point, Jacob? What's your name? Deceiver. Manipulator. Faith starts with us coming face to face, not just with God, but with ourselves. Who am I really? It's amazing how many of us think we can play games with God. Most of us are still stuck here wrestling. Oh, you know what? I'm coming to church. I'm doing my thing. I'm, you know, I'm not a bad person. I pray everyone's, you know, whatever. I'm, you know, it's all fine. But if you're honest for just a second, you know that things aren't fine. One of the confusions that takes place with us is in the church is, again, we're here striving to be perfect and to say the right things, act the right way, be the right person, to be the best person we can be, you know? And, and again, like we see these families, they just look perfect and they're doing everything right. When you're a pastor, you learn something about life and about people. What you see on the surface is not exactly what's real. Agreed? When you guys watch the Super Bowl today and you see all these picture, you know, perfect pictures of families and their brand new cars and they're laughing at the dining room table and their house is spotless and you go, man, we just, we're so far away from that. And when you're in the church and this family just looks so perfect and doing everything right and oh, this guy's so spiritual. I just wish I could be like that. And then you realize how many pastors in this area have quit in the last five years because of affairs, embezzlements. It, 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 it just gets worse. Oh, but they were just such, I mean, they were so, so spiritual, such a spiritual man. Sure he was. Every single one of us, it, we are all challenged with this. Are you willing to come face to face with God, but also with yourself? The Old Testament is full of this. Psalms, Habakkuk, um, Jeremiah. It's full of questioning God. It, it's full of people saying, God, I hate you. I'm angry with you. I'm frustrated with you. I don't understand you. I'm not sure if you're real. You're distant. You're absent. If you really love me, why would you let this happen to me? If, 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 if. I love the Old Testament for that. They understood that in covenant, you had to understand the ability to wrestle together. There had to be room for us to come to God and honestly say, here's where I'm at right now. For us to begin to live by faith, it means that we must be willing to meet him face to face. And to do that means that you can only enter into wrestling with someone if you're willing to get locked up. If you're willing to just get uncomfortable with God. What's so interesting about this is this entire process where his name is Jacob. Deceiver, manipulator, but 
But his new name becomes what? Do you know what that means? It means he who wrestled with God. And so from that moment on, the people of the covenant, the people of God on the earth, the the image that God desired to give the earth of what it looks like to be in a right relationship with him, they are known as the people who wrestle with God. That's so much more beautiful than the people who always think happy things. The people, oh goodness, I just go on. Who never get angry or curse or get mad or, come on, don't even act like it. We do marriage counseling here. I know you guys, you know, okay. You guys have some good four-letter words. I've heard them. No, it's the people of God, the people of covenant, the people who God will never forget are the people who wrestle with God. In Hebrews 11, it looks back at all of the people of faith who, 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 come all, who, who, who find their ancestry from Abraham, the one who was the first one who walked and he lived by faith. And of course, his, his real story is a man who struggled to believe that this was real. He struggled to believe that even though this God has promised me a land of my own, he's promised me that, that, that the family and the people come, come from me, will be more than the sand on the seashore, okay? I mean, he's struggling to believe and to trust. The same God that tells him, hey, you know, you, you're a hundred and some years old, but you're going to have a child. And he says, have you seen my wife? She's not going to have a child, <laughs> you know? And so, of course, he doesn't believe it. And so he grabs his young slave girl, and he has a child with her because surely God meant something different. Rustling. Now, what's so odd about this place of wrestling is that it's in this place of wrestling that we have to first come face to face with who we are. Who are we? And we have to be willing to allow our past to just rise to the surface. This is who I am. Prideful, arrogant, selfish, manipulative, on and on and on. This is who I am. And, and I have to begin to wrestle with God. God, this, this is who I am. But in the process of wrestling with God to where you come face to face with yourself, in that process of wrestling, you begin to also become face to face with Him. And in this process, there's some weird thing that happens where on the other end of wrestling, all of a sudden, you realize, I, yes, I am that. I am my past. But I am also. I am Jacob but I am also Israel. Yes, I am this. I have made mistakes and I'm flawed and imperfect, but and it's, then you begin to wrestle with God over who he says you are. But you can, only, you can only wrestle with God about the future he has for you, about the potential he sees in you after you've been willing to wrestle with God about your past and the things that you've done and the, the failures and the weaknesses. It's in this place that you are ready to wrestle with God about the calling and the purpose and the potential He's placed in your life. It's only in this place of allowing yourself to have this raw, emotional, intimate, frustrating, angry, 
wrestling with God that you begin to find yourself in Him. And you find it in the wrestling. What's so powerful about the story is it ends with his hip being dislocated. It's a beautiful picture of the things we see in the cross. That we find ourselves when we come face to face with our weaknesses. It is in acknowledging your weakness, your dependence on God. It's in this place of surrender and weakness and brokenness that all of a sudden his language towards you begins to change. And he begins to call you this overcomer. He begins to call you this, this child of promise and blessing and, you know, the ambassador of reconciliation. You know, all, all these things that just kind of blow our mind, we begin to grow into them after we are willing to accept what's been there all along. Weakness. Imperfection. Pain and anger. And this morning I encourage you, if you're in a situation that feels this way, if you are in a place where if you're being honest, when you go home and you're alone, when you think about life, when you think about your marriage or, you know, the things surrounding you, you're not happy, you're not okay, that's the perfect place to start. I encourage you to read the Psalms, read Job. We have space with God where he comes to us and says, okay, I don't need to wrestle with you but you need to wrestle with me. Come on, let's do it. The wrestling was not for God. I'm sure he had some better things to do with his time, right? Oh, Jacob, you're just... Oh, Devin, you're... Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, Devin, you're so smart. You know the best way to do everything. You're right. You know, we shouldn't do it this way. You should be off doing something else. You know what? You're right. You should be rich right now. You're so right, Devin. And you should be taller too, Devin. You're right. Yeah, boy, howdy. Faith is wrestling. And I encourage you to, to acknowledge that this morning. And there's not many other steps I'm going to take this morning, just this one. I, we need to embrace this because I think on the one hand, there are many of us who are dealing with thoughts and emotions that we don't think are okay for us to have. Anger towards God questions towards God, feeling alone. If you're this God who loves me, why did this happen? If you're so real and so present and all these different things, then why can't I feel you or see you? Why haven't you shown up for me? And I think that we have to be able to start by understanding these feelings and emotions and thoughts are exactly where faith starts. And I think at the same time, I want you to take your idea of faith and what it means to be spiritually mature, take it, crumble it, and throw it away. You will never reach a place where you fully trust God all the time. Never. It's not going to happen. What you will do is reach a place where you're not willing to let go. To where you come to him, just a mess with all your 
raw feelings and emotions and your questions and your rage even. And while at the same time that you are fully aware that that's where you are and you're frustrated and, and even though you want, you know, if you would, to push God away, you come to a place where while that's where you are, what's also inside of you is an unwillingness to let go of God. It's not the wrestling with God which is the bad thing. That's the good thing. The dangerous thing is to walk away too soon. One of the things in the story, which I love so much, was it's God who steps back first. Now, of course, he's, you know, he still has to show he's God, right? So, of course, he's like, oh, you're so strong. You know, one touch and, you know, he's limping, right? But it's God who steps back and says, okay, you win. It's not showing you that you're going to be able to out-wrestle God. It's not that. It's showing us that the point that matters is not the anger or the frustration or the questions or the angst or the wrestling or the pushing or the frustration. The point that matters is not letting go. If you guys are in a marriage right now, the same thing applies here. You know, it, it's not about the fights you have or you don't have. It's not about, you know, the emotions. It's not about always feeling, you know, these amazing things. It's about that simple thing of, I might absolutely be with you right now, but I'm not going anywhere. You will have times with God to where everything He's doing in your life makes complete sense, but you will have times where nothing in your life makes sense at all. And the only thing that matters in all of this is that you come openly and honestly and real, and that when you begin to wrestle with God, that you are determined that even though you are in this place, you are not willing to let go of it. Would you guys stay with me this morning?